You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, welcome back to the Oz Network for another Spider-Man episode. We just can't stop talking about it, but uh, we're changing Spider-Man actors, so we're going to give you a couple of new episodes in the next few weeks, all on Spider-Man. If you're all Tobey Maguire out and you're all Andrew Garfield out, then we have a surprise, a pleasant surprise, because Tom Holland is here on the show here today. No, not actually. Um, we had Willem Dafoe. We are trying to get Alfred Molina. Tom Holland is next on our <laughs> list. But we're here to talk about Tom Holland and everything Tom Holland and the upcoming Spider-Man. Uh, my name is Colin, and I have nothing to say because uh, I don't, have not seen this movie, so therefore I have no line. And my name is Ben, and I'm Spider-Man. That's all I could think of. I, I don't know either. I was just I'm like, Spider-Man in the I'm Batman voice. <laughs> yeah, I thought, well, you know, although I probably should redo that. I'm Spider-Man! Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, I'm, 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 I'm Sp- Sp- Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. But as we kind of talked about in our wrap-up of the Tom McGuire and Andrew Garfield series, if you want to call it that, we've moved over to Marvel now in the Marvel Universe uh, for Spider-Man Homecoming, still under Sony. Uh, We'll have lots of uh, opinions, I'm sure, about whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. I have uh, opinions on both sides. It could be good, it could be bad. But we're now only about, uh, where are we at, a week, less than a week away from the release of Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah, it comes out this Uh, week. It comes out this week, this people. This week? How excited are we? This week! <laughs> Dennis Leary! <laughs> and it's probably going to be two weeks before we get an episode. We'll, we'll try to get it as soon as possible, but I don't know. Uh, let, let's talk really quickly about whether or not we're excited before we get into what we know of Tom Holland's Spider-Man coming into this. Uh, ben, are you excited going into Homecoming? Or more excited than you were of past movies? Colin, I'm excited. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't get that reference if you're not Australian. We had this Australian guy who used to go, I'm excited, but he died. Um, <laughs> he got too excited. Um <laughs> Hello, Big Kev's family. Um, Yeah, look, I am. I think I said it in the last episode that I'm probably more excited going into this than I was for any of the Andrew Garfield ones. You know, as I said in those episodes, I didn't really, you know, get that excited for those and only saw one of them in the cinemas just because I won a ticket to it and the other one I didn't. So uh, this one, yeah, I I don't know if it comes down to the fact that we've been talking about this for the last 18 years. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Or it's just a case of it, it looks pretty good. Um, I obviously, rather than sitting through every single one of the 300 Marvel films, I just watched the timestamps that you gave me for um, yeah. <laughs> for Spider-Man in Civil War. And for what I saw, I really liked it. I really liked Tom Holland, uh, sort of both as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man. And I kind of think maybe we'll discuss this. And we, I think, touched on a little bit in the last episode about the fact that he kind of looks like the complete Spider-Man rather than how, mm-hmm. I, you know, Tom Maguire was kind of better as Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield probably was better as Spider-Man. So yeah. it's kind of like we finally looks like we've got the best of both worlds here. And from what I've seen, it's, it's made me quite excited to... Uh, to go into this. I'm not sure about Aunt May being hot, but um, maybe uh, we'll, yeah, we'll go there. touch on that, uh, <laughs> literally, hopefully. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, overall, I think I'm excited for this more so than I have for, for a movie in a long time that isn't a Star Wars or a Bond or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm I'm kind of where I was for the Amazing Spider-Man, um, and it seems strange to say that I was probably a little bit more excited about Amazing Spider-Man two than I was Amazing Spider-Man or even this. But um, I, I think just rebooting it it takes a lot out of you as a fan, and 
I know that, yeah, we've seen Civil War. Some of us have seen more of it than others. But <laughs> we we do know this character already. And it's, I, I think that one of the things that um, uh, was kind of blamed for the Amazing Spider-Man 2's, uh, I'm not going to say lack of success, because it was still huge compared to most movies that came out, and even most superhero movies, but in comparison to the original, it's just people are kind of fatigued on Spider-Man. And I don't know if this reboot is kind of fixing that yet uh maybe i am still a little bit fatigued on spider-man but i'm interested in it i'm still going to see it uh, i think there are other movies that have come out this summer or still to come that i was probably more excited about and am more excited about but it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun i just i i'm not going into this expecting it to be anything brilliant if that makes any sense yeah and look i, I guess it's kind of it's a good point you make in terms of the the spider-man fatigue because i mean i think I don't know if we touched on this a lot in the last episode, but, you know, when it kind of was announced that this was going to be, you know, done again and Marvel had it and all that sort of stuff, I think there was a part of most everybody who was like, oh, again? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of... I mean, I know you sort of touched on the Batman fatigue, which, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, I think you analysed that, didn't you? And we had more Batmans in a shorter period of time than we did Spider-Mans. Yeah. Uh, but I guess kind of maybe the difference there is that was that more acceptable in like the nineties, I guess. I mean, it kind of, it wasn't, they, you know, superhero movies were obviously a lot different in the eighties and nineties than they are today. It's kind of, it's more, <laughs> they're taken pretty much very seriously now. Whereas you have Batman forever and Batman and Robin. And I mean, you know, that's <laughs> kind of your result. And that's not to take away from those movies. I like those movies, but anyway, that's another story. So yeah, it's interesting to kind of think about the, the fatigue that we, we have going into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you made some good points there with it, and it'll be interesting to see how the audience reacts to it, and I guess with the box office and all that sort of stuff too, uh, you know, we'll obviously still a lot of big movies to come out in 2017, and how this will compare to a lot of them, you know, at the end of the year when we look back at this year in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think the fatigue, it's not just, oh, there have been so many Spider-Man movies, or we've seen everything we can see with this, because I think you could go on forever, but... There's a ways of handling, and I understand why Marvel is, let's do this as its own trilogy, its own series now, because I'm not going to say they're running out of characters. They'll never run out of characters, but they're definitely running out of the recognizable characters. And, you know, you get lucky every once in a while with the Guardians of the Galaxy, where everybody is on board with it, even though there's no recognition going in. Uh, You also get ones like Ant-Man, where people are like, oh, yeah, that was a good movie, but it's not like, you know, it had a $150 million opening. Um, So... They need these new characters coming in. You know, Doctor Strange was a huge hit, but they they need something else to anchor the next phase of Marvel as, you know, Captain America and Iron Man are kind of done. And I will say I, I do have some criticisms for Marvel more than most people are. I think most people would probably agree with this if they're willing to admit Marvel could do anything wrong. But uh, the way that they're handling some of their characters where they're not allowing them to go on forever, like we have not gotten an Iron Man 4. And I think that even has something to do with, like we talked about with the Incredible Hulk, that it is not released by Disney. Therefore, they're like, well, why are we going to keep putting money in their pockets? Let's just keep Iron Man as a character and everybody else's movies. But that's kind of helping for there to not be as much Iron Man fatigue. When if you think about it, Iron Man has done three movies of his own. He's done two Avengers movies. He's done a Captain America movie, all as a main character, and now Spider-Man movie. I mean, he's had more movies than uh, I think any actor 
outside of Hugh Jackman of the last 20, 30 years as a single character. But it doesn't feel like we're burned out on him. And maybe they could have waited another year or two before doing this. It would have helped with another reboot. Um, I don't want to get all down on this movie because I said I'm excited about it. I think that they're doing things differently that haven't been done before. But uh, I think I, I personally would have preferred them to maybe wait until after the next Avengers movie to introduce another Spider-Man and not just, oh, it's been three years, let's reboot it again. I think from what I know from the the Marvel universe and from what I've seen and what I kind of read and kind of pay attention to is the fact that... Um, you know, obviously, Spider-Man was always wanted to be included. We've, we've gone over a little bit on the rights, and, you know, you touched on that there, and it's kind of like what we were mentioning last one about the X-Men. I think kind of like that's the ultimate fanboy wet dream is that they can all be in one movie and all that together. So I think kind of a lot of this comes down to it'd be interesting to see just how much hype there is around this that finally, you know, he can be included, Spider-Man. And also you've got to look at, too, I think that when you think of superheroes, DC or Marvel, Spider-Man's top five most oh, recognizable uh, top three maybe you know what i, I mean, mean like, probably number one at least for marvel well for sure and but i mean you know you, you think of you, you ask any small child who knows nothing about the differences between them and all that sort of stuff or even somebody on the street who knows nothing about superheroes they're going to say batman superman and spider-man are probably three yeah. that they will automatically come to so he's granddaddy of marvel i would agree with that and you know he's one of the granddaddy of the superheroes so it's going to be interesting to see just how much that helps in terms of how this will, will go. And obviously, you know, you've got to reviews always can play a part into it, but I guess kind of superhero movies will always have a fan base, whether or not they're, they're trash or whether or not they're really good. I mean, Batman vs Superman still did well at the box office. Suicide Squad still did well at the box office. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of, that's always going to be guaranteed, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the general public's reaction is uh, this week when it does come out. Well, let's get to our, general reactions to civil war or a couple of scenes of civil war (laughs) (laughs) the 20 minutes of it i saw (laughs) yeah Uh, and it's funny because you did mention that you know they always wanted spider-man to be part of this and the funny thing is i don't think that they were as desperate to get spider-man in the avengers as they were for civil war because the civil war comic book series was very much centered around spider-man as one of the main characters along with captain america and that's why it was important to have him in that movie uh and I think spinning it off uh, this quickly into his own series, you know, maybe they could have waited and kept him as a supporting character, which they're doing with other ones, which is what's interesting. You know, you have other characters like the Black Widow and Hawkeye who still have not had their own solo movies. Uh, even Incredible Hulk. I mean, he had one movie, but now they just use him as a supporting character, kind of like Iron Man. Uh, it's interesting they've been doing that, but that's how Spider-Man was introduced. And I think that's what's going to help a new audience to accept this without the origin story. Because as much as we say, oh, the origin story has been done to death. Well, if you're telling a new version of the character, you need to know, well, what's different with this? Like, are we going to find out? Yeah, another untold story. They're all untold stories because they have to be slightly different. But we don't have that with this. And uh, I think it would have been a bigger problem with this movie had we not had that brief introduction in Civil War. If we just jumped into this and, hey, he's this kid and he has powers and maybe there's one moment where he talks about, oh, yeah, I was bit by a spider once. I mean, it, it doesn't really make sense. But having him in Civil War, I think, has allowed for the character to be introduced where you can get excited about it. Because there's also the skepticism about, all right, is this actor going to even pull it off as Spider-Man? Well, now we already know. I mean, he did really well in the scenes he had in Civil War, even if it was only 15 minutes of screen time. Uh, What are your opinions after seeing Civil War? Like, uh, were you 
surprised by anything or had you pretty much already seen it in the trailers and you knew where you're getting with tom holland i mean i obviously all the action stuff really wasn't surprising i think kind of all the action stuff was sold in the trailers um i i like the initial scene when kind of he's like he's coming home and you know, he's, he meets Tony Stark, and like we get that little throwaway line. Obviously, when what Tony Stark says, like, "Oh, you know, how did this happen?" and he's like, "Oh, it's a long story" or something like that. Like, yeah. it's kind of, it's it's interesting how you put that because it's kind of, I, I you you kind of want to know how it happened to Tom Holland, uh, but I mean, at the same time, you're kind of like, "Well, we get it." You know, he goes to a lab, gets bitten by a spider, blah blah blah, superpowers. Here we go. But I mean, it, it's kind of there is still that intrigue, and maybe I don't know. Will they show that through flashbacks, or we'll get a little bit of something different? Uh, I mean, I mean <laughs> but at the end of the day, how many times can you tell the story of somebody getting bitten by a spider differently? It's kind of like Superman. Like, we get it. He crashes to Smallville, and, you know, there's, there he gets discovered. So, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I liked what I saw. I, I, I think it kind of, there was something about it that kind of just felt like you already knew him. And maybe, I don't know if yeah. that comes down to the fact that we've had 300 movies in the last 10 years or that, you know, he's such a big iconic superhero that we all kind of know his backstory without having to know it again. You know what I mean? So, um, it, 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 to me, even though I literally only watched the Spider-Man scenes in civil war, like as soon as he comes on screen, it just felt like, Oh, he's, he's a guy we know. We don't need to know who he is or anything like that. So I think it worked. And like, I, I really like, like it, I think we touched on through our five episodes previously about the fact that, you know, neither Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield were exactly a child, whereas, like, yeah. Tom Holland really comes across as a teenager. I mean, he's, what, like, 20 well, or something, isn't he? Or isn't he yeah, young, I, really young in real life? I think he just turned 21. And if you think about it, when he was cast and when he filmed his scenes in Civil War, he was 18 or 19 years old. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that really shows. And I think that really helps it. Um, yeah. And... and, the, and- let's also be honest i mean the character of spider-man and peter parker does age even in the comics you know he goes to college he uh grows up but when you're casting andrew garfield or toby mcguire you're gonna get a trilogy out of them before they look too old for the role i mean they mm. could keep tom holland for 10 years and get five movies out of him this and, way and i guess the difference toby mcguire still looks like he's 12 anyway so i mean you know <laughs> he's a child but um yeah i mean i just think that came across really really well and um I, I i enjoyed like the fight sequences where you know he's like he's he seems like nervous and excited to be there like i think it really worked and like just the way people are shutting him down like people don't usually talk this much when you fight and stuff like <laughs> that like i just like that i think it was kind of cool the way he kept like oh what do i do mr stark and it's like what we talked about it's just kind yeah. of like you know was, i liked how that all was was playing across and then the, the closing bit at the end um, you know, when he gets caught by his aunt masturbating, basically, because he's got to hide <laughs> under the blankets. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think it all worked very well. I, this is why I kind of, like, maybe I'm a bit more excited, because I, I like, I get good vibes from Tom Holland. You know, I think he, he comes across really, really well uh, in, this, in this role. Well, it's also, along with what you were saying, why we feel like we already know him is because he is kind of that perfect blend. He has... Tobey Maguire's sincerity and awkwardness, but he's got Andrew Garfield's charm and fast talking, um, uh, lots of charisma. And it, it's just, it's a blend where you're comfortable with him and he's not doing too many things too different for the character. I think the only thing that's different is that he feels more like a kid. And yeah. that's the complaint that I think I would have with both of the other ones. Uh, it's not necessarily that he even feels like a 17-year-old. I mean, he feels almost in some ways like a 13-year-old. Like, yeah. he gets giddy doing this. And there's a great trailer out there, you know, one of the many extended trailers for this where they show an extended version of 
what we saw of him in that fight scene where he's shooting videos of himself on his phone. I don't know. Did you ever see that one? I, no, I haven't seen that one, no. Oh, it's great. If anybody can find it, I mean, there's a thousand extended trailers for this out there. But it's basically the scenes from Civil War right before he starts the fight. And he's looking, look, there's Captain America out there, this guy. And then he's filming himself in the fight. And then it cuts to him filming himself in the hotel room basically giving a play-by-play of what happened and then they're like hey you know there's very thin walls in here people are going to hear you talking about being (laughs) spider-man and stuff so it's just he's giddy and he's excited and he's enjoying being a superhero and i don't know if we ever got that outside of andrew garfield's first few scenes or maybe that first scene with the the carjacker we never really got you know spider-man having fun with these powers and that's going to be different too and i I, Um, i just want to quickly say i also liked it when um Tony Stark kept saying, like, you know, Twitch your total, I'll call Aunt May. Like, you know, yeah. just kind of like <laughs> really using the whole kidness against him. It's like, I'll tell your aunt. And I mean, as far as like the 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 techno side of Peter Parker, I mean, Peter Parker in the Sam Raimi ones was kind of a science. Like you expect him to be in a lab, you know, with with uh, beakers and all that stuff. And with Andrew Garfield, he was more of like a gadget guy and let's be honest in this all we really know about tom holland is he's a garbage picker i mean this is the kid (laughs) the poor kid who's digging through the dumpster looking for an old commodore 64 (laughs) as we all do of course yeah (laughs) but i mean it's another fun thing where the character is a little bit different but we get to play up more on him being kind of the poverty kid here he's not this rich kid he's not uh well off and if he's able to pull off something with the web shooters i mean he got lucky so having tony stark in here kind of makes sense because now we have an explanation of where's this cool suit come from because when he's introduced in civil war at least the videos of him on the internet it's like Tobey Maguire's first costume in uh the spider-man one where he's wearing a ski mask and a sweatshirt and you know goggles over his eyes yeah yeah and i mean i i kind of liked how like when he arrives and he's kind of what does he say like that oh new suit or whatever it is like you know like obviously because yeah. clearly still what, getting used to the new suit yeah, yeah. Like, tony stark and that is obviously you know bankrolled that but i mean yeah i it's 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 just the is the suit getting much because i remember i think we talked about with andrew garfield that when that first photo was released about how it was different you know and then mm-hmm. this one isn't this one more relatable to the comic books yeah more it's so like than the, the other classic- two yeah, the classic Spider-Man suit, you know, with the, the spider logo especially on it, being more blue than it is red, and also the eyes, the fact that he's got the white eyes with the black outline, and that they dilate, that's what's yeah, really cool. I was, they, that works, yeah, but. yeah, that looked really cool how they did that. And even uh, what I like is the explanation behind it. Like, uh, in Civil War, they only had maybe a five-minute scene, I think it was, to introduce Peter Parker and Tony Stark together. Uh, But they even found a way to explain, well, why are you wearing those goggles? This must not be easy to see through. And he's like, you know, all of my senses are heightened. Mm -hmm. It's kind of overwhelming. This helps me to tune it in. And that's uh, another one of the little details where you're not going to be questioning. like, why is he wearing sunglasses? It's night out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, if he's in Alaska, we know why. But um... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still in Alaska a week later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Never leaving. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the suit is way more techy in this. And what we've seen even in the trailers, there's a lot of uh, technology into it. And uh, I like that they're bringing that and they're having, as you said, somebody's bankrolling his suit and everything. But my biggest complaint is going to be in Iron Man's involvement in Homecoming because I don't think that you need that. And I feel, I, I'm worried it's going to overwhelm the movie and it's not going to be a Spider-Man movie. Just, I, I liked Civil War as a movie. You know, you didn't see the whole thing. But you saw enough to know that Captain America is almost a supporting character in his own movie. And I'm kind of done with these crossovers. Like even the, the Falcon, if you saw him in Civil War, the guy with the, the big mechanical wings. 
you know, he's a Captain America character. It made sense for him to be in Captain America. But when they had the Ant-Man movie come out, even though the entire movie was just Ant-Man, they felt the need to throw falcon in there for one fight scene with ant-man and it had nothing to do with the plot it was just hey we have other characters that we're crossing over and i just i don't feel it's necessary to have so much tony stark in this and when the trailers first came out i was feeling like okay well they're doing this to remind you that it's still connected to the other movies but every trailer that comes out seems to show more and more iron man and the latest poster that came out actually gives uh not only like robert Downey jr's build on the poster but john favreau who plays Tony Stark's assistant or mm. chauffeur or whatever he is gets third billing in the movie. And I, I, I just, I don't want this to be an Iron Man and Spider-Man movie. I still want a Spider-Man movie. It works in civil war in his own movie. I don't know if this is going to work. It might be too much Tony Stark for me. The, well, one of the only Marvel ones I've seen is the first Iron Man. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, he's the most familiar that I guess I am with any of the, the people in the MCU. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with you um, because I mean, the one thing I would say is obviously, and I'm sure you agree with this too, is that no doubt he needs to be in this in a way because clearly how we're introduced to Peter Parker in this universe is due to Tony Stark, obviously. Mm. Um, so I guess there's kind of that. But yeah, I mean, it's I I do agree with that in the aspect that kind of like, if I went into this just, you know, as a Spider-Man fan, I might not necessarily be a fan of the MCU. And I'm sure there are people out there who they just like Spider-Man. They're obsessed with Spider-Man. Yeah. So they're going to go into this and expecting a sp- standalone Spider-Man movie, but you've got so much Iron Man in it, or you know Tony Stark. They're like, well, what, what, what's going on here? You know what I mean? And and, and I guess it's also it's different when I mean I guess Civil War is what build as a war between what's well, a Civil War? It's it's build as a yeah. war between Iron Man and Captain America. Batman vs Superman is build as Batman vs Superman. So you know what you're yeah. in for. This isn't Spider-Man versus Iron Man. So, yeah. I, I guess kind of and, in that aspect, that's kind of, it, it might be frustrating having so much Iron Man in it. And is it even a novelty anymore? And uh, I understand the purpose of Civil War. And, uh, and I'll also say, I mean, I criticized Civil War quite a bit in all these episodes, but I actually did enjoy it. It was uh, at least in my top half of the Marvel movies that had been released. But I have a lot of problems with it that it shouldn't have been a Captain America movie. You could have made it Avengers Civil War and not done it as Captain America. But I just don't feel there's a novelty anymore about having these characters cross over when it was, uh, you know, uh, back in the the early days of the Marvel. And you had, I think, the Incredible Hulk uh, was the second movie they released, and they had Tony Stark have a cameo at the end of that movie. It was such a big deal. And when you have Thor, and all of a sudden Hawkeye appears, uh, a character that hadn't been introduced yet as a cameo, that was a big deal. And now they do this all the time, that it's almost like, does it matter to have Iron Man in it? But, yeah, minor complaint. Um, I think I agree well, with that, though, because, I mean, it's kind of maybe going to what we were talking back in the last episode about, like, you know, shocking deaths, how they're not yeah. as shocking anymore. It's kind of like, you almost just expect there to be somebody to pop up in one of these films, right? So it's kind mm-hmm. of like, save them save them for the big, you know, every couple of years when they have the big ensemble Avengers movie, you know what I mean? Or the Justice League movie in the DC. And save it for that. Like, it's all well and good to have a brief little flashlight. What I enjoyed about Suicide Squad was the fact that, you know, the Batman and, you know, the Flash references and all that sort of stuff, they were very, mm-hmm. they were very small. They didn't overdo yeah. it. Like, we got tiny amount of Batman, we got a tiny amount of The Flash, and that was all you needed. Whereas, and it made sense in it, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's kind of, you almost get like, oh, yeah, a reference. You know what I mean? Like, going back to what I was saying about Batman Begins, how you get that one little reference to the Joker at the end. It's like, oh, the Joker, awesome! You know, mm-hmm. you don't need it, I guess, shoved in your throat. Like, yeah, like you're saying. 
Um, we'll probably talk a little bit more. Well, we'll have to talk more about Tony Stark because we'll get to the plot later on about this movie. But before we even get there, let's kind of wrap up Civil War here. Uh, the big action scene, like you said, yeah, it's Spider-Man in action. Uh, I don't know if it's anything extraordinary, but I do find that they're using his powers differently. Like even in the YouTube clip that they show earlier on, just the, the, the fact that he's kind of has more, we're seeing more strength in this one from Spider-Man and probably more creative uses of the web. And I, I think we're done with the whole wall crawling thing. And I really liked what they did with Andrew Garfield, but at least they're making an effort. Uh, his involvement in the battle scenes was fun. Uh, I do question why they're about to have a massive battle and let's get this 16 year old kid as if that's not a lawsuit waiting to happen. A <laughs> uh, bit of an issue with that. That's why they're but, in Germany, I mean, not America, right? So they can't get sued. Or... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like, well, listen, do we want to go back in time to see what you did to children? Uh, <laughs> Don't judge us for what we're doing with wow, this pandemic. Nazi jokes. Um. <laughs> uh, but I guess the other thing we could talk about is, as you said, the hot Aunt May. Um, oh. Wow, this, this really threw me. And I'm not complaining at all. Like, no, uh, I mean, Marissa Tamai. Hello, but like, uh, amazing. Yeah, but but the, when I first saw that cast, I was like, really? I was like, yeah. You know, like, I and mean, it's it's, I, it's kind I of interesting. Why? <laughs> I had the same reaction when they cast Diane Lane in The Man of Steel. I'm like, Diane Lane is playing Martha Kent? You know, you expect to be an old lady, but they found a way to kind of make her look, you know, more... uh, uh, Mumsy. Mumsy, very farms woman. Uh, Very Kansas. (laughs) Yeah, it's very Kansas. And they just didn't do anything different. And I think there are a few shots in the trailer where you see Aunt May with, like, the old lady glasses and everything. But it's it's just... I also understand it doesn't make sense to have an old lady all the time. I mean, this is his aunt. It's not his great aunt. You know, Marissa Tomei is, like, in her you know 50s at least. Uh, she probably would be somebody's aunt. But maybe make her look a little little bit more motherly and when, when tony stark is going out of his way to talk about your unusually attractive aunt aunt hottie i think you refers to her in civil war uh it, it's, a, it's a little it's, it's a little not aunt may for me and you i'm know not tony stark want... wants to bone her that's kind of he like does. the sadness yeah. Which, of it <laughs> it's weird because she's and i'm not saying oh aunt may shouldn't be attractive or whatever but when She's basically your typical New York <laughs> middle-aged hot aunt. Uh, but she's not. Just, she's not. She's not the New York typical aunt. She's now the typical New York hot, sexy, single, sex in the city woman. Who's yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this. This is sex in the city. It's not Spider Man. Uh, it's more a complaint I'm going to have with the character because the character needs Aunt May there. She's kind of like the voice of reason for Peter. You know, when he screws everything up, she's the one who's always like, "It's okay. You're a good kid, Peter." And I don't see Aunt Hottie, as Tony Stark refers to her as really being that voice of reason it just doesn't make sense to me she's 52 she looks darn good yeah. for 52 can i just point that she out she looked good for 42 yeah let's point that out she uh she's the toby Maguire of female she doesn't age um, <laughs> another academy award winner too can we just point out they, they seem yeah. to bring them in there for the spider-mans yeah i like again when i first saw that she was in i was like really like wow like because, I mean, I guess kind of, you know, as a fan of the Tobey Maguire films, it's Rosemary Harris. You know, it's like, yeah, Aunt May. And then it's like, whoa, Aunt May's hot. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I agree with everything you say. And it's kind of, it's going to be interesting to think of, like, is there going to be a love sequence between Tony Stark and Aunt Oh, May? please, no. <laughs> like, just, really? Um, but it's kind of like, can you not imagine that, like, little 16-year-old Peter Parker brings his friends over, or friend, I guess, uh, over to his Yeah, house, his only friend. That they're going to just be like, dude, your aunt's hot. Like, you know, it kind of just, 
I don't know how I feel about that either. So, I mean, in the yeah. comics, is Aunt May old? Like, what is Aunt May in the comics? Yeah. Yeah, no, she's she's Rosemary Harris in the comics. Okay, so they've, uh, they've gradually <laughs> gone from Rosemary Harris to Sally Field kind of in the middle to now, you know. So the next time we reboot the uh, the Spider-Man franchise, it's, it's going to be, I don't know, Natalie Portman or something. You know, like, you wouldn't Demi like that. Demi Lovato as yeah. Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> Selena Gomez. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I just don't even feel like we got the Aunt May character. I feel like you could have called her aunt marissa or something <laughs> and you never would have been like oh well is that supposed to be aunt may like I don't, maybe it'll be different in the movie but uh i just hope they don't as you say have tony stark getting it on with her um the last thing to really talk about would be that post credit scene they have which is just setting up you know that there's a purpose for spider-man and the avengers which really is what the plot is of this movie of all we really know about the plot is that uh, this internship, which I thought in Civil War was a joke that Tony Stark says he's there for, he actually wants to use him. And Tony Stark in uh, Homecoming is kind of developing Spider-Man to be a potential Avenger, which again makes no sense that you're going to have this billionaire who already, if you have watched the Avengers or Civil War movie, I mean, these people are under heavy fire from governments around the world for putting people in danger. And let's take a 16-year-old kid or maybe even younger... (laughs) 15-year-old, I think he's supposed to be in this one. And let's put him in harm's way and let's see what he could do against bank robbers and terrorists and uh, superheroes and monsters and aliens and stuff. It's just that part of the plot makes no sense to me, and I'm already very critical of that. Uh, But what I do like is the connection they have to this, and this is the purpose of you know, bringing Spider-Man in where they use these movies to set up what we see eventually in Avengers, is I didn't even realize this until I saw one of the extended trailers, but the idea of, we'll get to Michael Keaton later, but his group or his character, they are basically taking the technology and all the remnants that are left over from these battles with aliens and robots and everything the Avengers fight, they're finding it, they're scooping up and salvaging all this stuff and creating these weapons of mass destruction out of it, you know, to eventually wage war on superheroes. And I think that's a really clever plot idea. I don't know if you caught that from any of the trailers, but it seems like an interesting idea, and I hope that's where they're going with it, because it ties into the other movies while actually taking Vulture, who's not really like, he's not Doc Ock, he's not Green Goblin, he's not going to be a complex villain, and it raises the stakes, uh, which is one of the complaints that I think we had with the Amazing Spider-Mans, that turning people into lizard creatures and then, you know, causing a blackout in New York City isn't exactly like high stakes, and I I like the idea that they are going to tie this into the movies, and that everything we've seen it could go back to the original Avengers movie or Civil War and, hey, uh, we picked up this one weapon that was left behind and we created this massive bomb out of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think kind of going what you're saying in terms of the stakes, I mean, all the Spider-Man movies really have nothing huge against anything. It's, it's kind of, you know, what, he's got to stop someone who wants to kill Everyone wanted to kill MJ. You know, I mean, like, you think of the, the plans of each of the villains. It wasn't like they wanted to destroy the world, you know what I mean? So, like, it, it feels like he's needed a lot more rather than just going, somebody just happens to be his best friend or something like that that's just always connected to Peter Parker. Um, but, yeah, I, it's, I, I'm intrigued about how, like, he's got the new suit kind of going on the technology and that you're saying. So, are we now led to believe that in this, you know, re reiteration of spider-man that he wouldn't have a fancier suit if it wasn't for tony stark so i mean like yeah. you know it's kind of i'm guessing He's a garbage picker where would he get it well i mean i'm guessing that's not in the comic books you know <laughs> like i mean he, he does that himself i mean as we saw in the amazing spider-man too he just watches youtube videos and you know hey i'm spider-man 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but I think I, I agree with what you were saying for the... For the, I mean, again, you know more about the Marvel world than I do. So, hey, just dumb dumb fanboy here. I like Die Another Day. So, Yeah. Goodbye, last listener we had. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk really quickly about Michael Keaton. Because getting him, I think, is another selling feature of this movie where maybe you didn't need Iron Man. I feel like Civil War needed him because that was the story they were telling. Uh, I don't feel like this needs Iron Man because you have Michael Keaton and who really cares about, I mean, Tony Stark, you know, and Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, like that is uh, this generation's Hugh Jackman as Wolverine or Christopher Reeve as Superman. It's the casting is going to live on forever as the greatest. And you, how do you top that? But Michael Keaton coming back to comic book movies and playing a villain this time around, like that is a selling feature. And just the, the revival Michael Keaton's had in his career lately, you know, from uh, Birdman and uh, you just saw The Founder, which mm-hmm. I'd love to see that one. I mean, he's on a roll. And for him to have ditched superhero movies years ago, it really had no interest in reappearing in the genre, even though for probably several years that would have been likely the only work they could have gotten for him. And now all of a sudden, one of the first choices he makes after being in Birdman is I'm going to do a Spider-Man movie as a villain. Like, that's that's exciting. I mean, I, I can't wait to see him and plus he looks really sinister in this movie and not really michael keaton like i love michael keaton i mean who doesn't i mean mm, yeah. really he's he's awesome so yeah i mean I, as you just said i just saw the founder and he was amazing that I, I have not seen birdman but uh from what i've heard it's pretty good um <laughs> i don't watch movies i just do podcasts on them and just talk about the trailers um look i i've never been a huge fan of the tim burton batman movies um, but having said that, I, I, you know, I enjoyed Michael Keaton as Batman. I mean, I think he did, he did the role well. Uh, I just didn't necessarily like the films he was in because I, I going to say it. I think the Tim Burton as a director is incredibly overrated. Um, oh, totally agree. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I found oh, someone else who terrible. agrees with me. Can, can we just stop for a second and talk about, <laughs> I hate that people are like, his movies are so unique. And I'm like, yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> and every single just, one is the same. We get it. Exactly. You like Helena Bottom Carter and dark stuff. Ooh, yeah. gritty. <laughs> I think the only movies of his I liked, I mean, I didn't mind Nightmare Before Christmas, and I, I liked Corpse and, Bride. Yeah, that's not even, the funny thing is that's not even his movie. Well, like, he yeah. produced it, somebody else's movie, and people are like, Tim Burton made Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, no, he didn't. I, I liked Corpse Bride. That was kind of nice. But everything else I've seen is just like, really? We get it. Okay. Sleepy Hollow, Big Fish, and I think that's it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything else he's released is the same movie. He just calls it something different and adds Johnny Depp in there somewhere being a bit of a goof. Um, but yeah, so like I, I'm really looking forward. I'm the same with you. I'm really looking forward to seeing Michael Keaton. There's something about him that he just kind of comes across as somebody who can play like a real evil person, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. in The Founder, I mean, he kind of, the, the way he goes through the character, like, uh, he just, you know, he starts off with such good intentions, and by the end of it, he's, a, he's an asshole. So, you know, like, and he does it so well, and he does it in a likable way because he's Michael Keaton. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm definitely with you there. I'm really looking forward to seeing him do this, uh, do this role. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of there, – there always seems to be those actors, don't there, that every few years have that kind of – that one movie where they nearly get an Oscar for it and they get a bit of a revival, like, what, like Mickey Rourke and, yeah. you know, now it's Michael Keaton. Uh, you know, who's it going to be next? Uh, I don't know, but um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh wait, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> hey, let it be Christopher there you Lloyd. Go. Hey, that, no, no. Hang on a minute, Colin. What are we saying? 
Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> come on. Please. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, I definitely, I'm with you. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he is in the role of uh, yeah of this. It's going to be good. Did, did you ever see Birdman? No, no, I haven't. I yeah. sadly haven't seen Birdman. Yet. Very like unusual movie, but like so good in it. And also, that was one of the first things I saw him where he was really showing like he's an unlikable character in that movie. And it also was kind of playing up on his whole superhero persona that he used to be this actor that did like a superhero Batman type movie or whatever. But uh, yeah, the, the great movie and you know just showing like how evil he can be he's not really an evil character in there but really sinister you're talking about career revival i'm gonna go through some of the movies he made in the decade leading up to birdman here um he was in herbie fully loaded oh my god what a piece of <laughs> shit that was <laughs> uh, don't, bring, don't bring back memories i remember i watched that once that was terrible oh what a horrible the movie. other guys uh he was a supporting role in the other guys um <laughs> Robocop. He was in the remake of the Robocop. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Need right. for Speed, the video game Fast and Furious wannabe knockoff movie. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. And then we have Birdman, and that's followed by Spotlight. I mean, he basically starred in two Best Picture winning movies back to back. The founder, Spider-Man. I mean, yeah, it's it's exciting for Michael Keaton now to have this revival because I don't think he really. I mean, Mickey Rourke. I mean, Mickey Rourke. He did an Iron Man movie already too, and I think his revival ended with the wrestler. <laughs> Michael Keaton's keeping it on a roll here. Well, you've also you, uh, you've missed out a very important movie, two very important movies Toy Story. that Michael Keaton was in. Yeah, well, Toy Story three and Cars. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, he well, was come Ken. On. He was he was Ken. Yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> very typecast. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also, uh, hang on a bit. I'm just noticing here, he was in Noah's Ark, The Beginning, as Noah. <laughs> so he, Noah. His career revival came as a voice actor, apparently. <laughs> Noah's listening uh, to this because, as we've discovered, Noah hasn't seen Spider Man 3 as a bit of a side yeah, note from we our talked last about that episode. last week. We will update you. Noah has not seen Spider Man 3. Uh, I'm going to urge him and beg him and possibly pay him to never watch it just to save himself the hassle. <laughs> I'll do the uh, opposite. Uh, I wanted to talk about this when we talked about Tom Holland. I forgot, but had, have you ever seen The Impossible, the, the movie? No, kind no, of broke I, through I it? was literally just reading a little bit about that a second ago. No, I, I don't think I'd even heard of it before I was just reading about it. Shame on yeah, me. I, I mean, it, it's, it's a movie where you had big stars, Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor, playing parents. Oh, hang uh, on a minute. No, I know the movie. Now, that's the, the cinema one. I remember my mum yeah, saw um, that, and she was telling me to keep watching it, but I never ended yeah. up getting around to it. Okay. No, it, I know the one you're just, talking about. I remember seeing that movie and, you know, I think Naomi Watts even got an Oscar nomination for that movie. And she's she's kind of a supporting character in it. I mean, the movie is Tom Holland, like this 12 year old kid uh, stranded and separated from his parents. And I walked away from that movie just thinking this kid was amazing. And then I didn't see him in anything until they're like, hey, he's the new Spider-Man. Uh, so, yeah, he, I mean, he, I think even when he's 12 years old, he, he gave an amazing performance. That's, so kind, no- that's kind of like my reaction when Daniel Craig was James Bond. Hey, he's from Tomb Raider. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> slightly different, but yeah, maybe slightly higher quality would yeah. be a possibility. <laughs> yes, uh, I think the other thing to talk about here is that uh, you know, outside of the plot where they're you know stealing this technology, which is really cool, uh, Vulture is kind of just a terrorist in this movie, which maybe gives him a little bit more depth. And I think this is the problem. I remember when Spider Man came out, and I think comic book movies, the, the fans go through phases where whatever's cool, they're going to think, well, this is the best. And I remember one of the dumbest things I ever heard was when Spider-Man came out and everybody was on the Spider-Man bandwagon. They would talk about Spider-Man has the best villains. Their villains are way better than, like, DC villains. I'm like, really? <laughs> Other than Green Goblin and even Doc Ock, name one villain that's not just a bank robber. I mean, Sandman, 
is just a bank robber. Vulture is just a bank robber. I mean, that's what Spider-Man villains are. And you thought that the Green Goblin costume was funny, Ben. Can you actually look up what the, uh, or have you seen what Vulture looks like? I'm looking at it right now. I'm just looking it up on Wikipedia. (laughs) And it's like, it kind of looks like an Australian uh, rhythmic gymnast, uh, green and gold with the feathers on it. So, yeah. To me, it looks like a character out of She-Ra, Princess of Power. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting you say about, like, the villains, because I think we talked about that in the last episode about, you know, like, the one true love of Peter Parker. Was it Gwen or was it Mary Jane? And I guess kind of, I think I remember reading a little bit about it once, like, who is, you know, uh, Spider-Man's Lex Luthor? You know, like, who is the ultimate villain? And kind of, the article I read was even a bit confused. They're like, well, you'd probably say it's Green Goblin, it could be Doc Ock, but, you know, it's kind of like there was just so many different ones there to choose from. And it's kind of, I I mean, I I didn't realise that was a reaction that that had great villains, because, I mean, you know, again, I think of great villains, you think of Lex Luthor, you know, you you think of the Joker, you know, you think of people like that i mean even even like as a, as a somebody who's more of a superman fan than a batman fan i'd probably argue that batman has the best villains you know i mean yeah. the well, joker the riddler squad, you know like, suicide squad is an entire comic and now movie series built around batman villains yeah i mean you just i i would just the iconic batman villain so i mean i didn't realize that was an argument in terms of the spider-man world i mean look ant-man probably has the best villains i don't know who <laughs> ant-man's villains are what is it like well, spider-man literally because he can this, eat him <laughs> this is what's good because uh again i don't i don't ever want to give the impression that i'm not uh, a fan of marvel i just attack marvel i just personally find that we're at the point where there are issues with the marvel movies nobody wants to admit but the one issue that like even the biggest supporters of marvel will admit is that their villains have been weak in these film series lately very few of them are memorable the majority of them are just a carbon copy of the hero uh and i think that's what's going to make this a little bit different not the vulture is the most intriguing villain but getting michael keaton is more interesting because when you go back and look at the marvel movies i mean very few of them have good villains outside of maybe red skull in the first captain america movie you know loki in thor and the avengers uh who else do they really have they've had good villains they've done nothing with and michael keaton makes it a little bit better just by getting like a good quality actor in there and there's there's your problem there as somebody who what i know about marvel i I mean like i've heard of loki obviously uh my sister's like madly in love with tom hiddleston so she's got like everything to do with fucking loki anyway so like it's not like i wouldn't know him but yeah i i barely know any um, villains from the Marvel Universe. <laughs> so, there you go. I mean, does Iron Man have villains? <laughs> I mean, I'm but sure it does. They had Mickey Rourke as well. <laughs> Mickey Rourke. I, what character did he play? Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when Iron Man 3 had what you would consider Iron Man's ultimate villain to be, and this is, I think, part of the problem. Uh, Iron Man's ultimate villain um, was featured in Iron Man 3, and it ended up being just a huge disappointment because they totally changed the character and they made it a joke, and Guy Pierce ended up being the villain. You know, wow. when he was, for the first half of the movie, supposed to be a hero, it was just, you know, it was it was a complete mess. And that's Guy one of the Pierce reasons. being evil. Yeah, and I thought he did good, but it's like they didn't do anything to showcase him as a great villain, and right. I think they have so much effort being put into the heroes, there's nothing on the villains. Uh, one other thing to talk about outside of the heroes, villains, or even the superhero storyline is the fact that this movie looks very heavily geared towards teenagers. And we talked about how Spider-Man, uh, or Amazing Spider-Man 2, was more trying to capture the kid audience they had with the Tobey Maguire ones. This looks like it's a teen, it looks like a teen movie with a guy in spandex. I mean, that first trailer that was released, you know, from everything from the music to 
uh, Peter and his friend checking out girls, uh, you know, uh, awkward moments of him taking off his shirt in front of his friend, <laughs> the friend trying on the mask. It, just, it, it feels like a teen movie. And it's funny that the, the movie was re- described as like, say anything or can't buy me love and almost famous, like all these classic teen films. And that's what they're really gearing towards here is they want this to be like those old school teen movies. Yeah. And I, I definitely got a real, and that's kind of going back to the, the vibe I was saying about you feel this guy is actually like what, 15 or whatever he's meant to be, yeah. you know? And it's kind of like definitely in the trailers you get that. And that was, you know, my problem with Andrew Garfield, he wasn't geeky, geeky, you know, whereas Tobey Maguire yeah. was geeky. Whereas, like, this is kind of that perfect balance of it because, like, I guess, you know, as, as somebody growing up myself who wasn't exactly in the cool crowd, um, you know, I wasn't Spider-Man by any means. But, um, you know, like, seeing what I've seen in the clips, you kind of, you, you relate to that more. And I guess that's what Peter Parker's meant to be, isn't he? Like, the relatable one for the kids who are reading comic books. Yeah. Uh, and this is no disrespect to those super cool jocks who read comic books behind the bleachers after being a quarterback and banging the cheerleader. Uh, but, like, I mean... Flash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the stereotype of people who read comic books is generally somebody like a Peter Parker. So that's yeah. where it's meant to be relatable. So, yeah, I definitely get that vibe, and I definitely think it looks as though... And that's kind of like that real sarcastic little, you know, type of person that Peter Parker obviously is meant to be in the comic books. Tom Holland, I think, is, as going back to what I said at the very beginning, is just is doing that complete compared to, you know, taking bits of Tom Maguire, bits of Andrew Garfield, and you've got this whole... And again, this could just be the trailer and the 20 minutes I've seen of Civil War. I could watch the movie and go, holy fuck, he's terrible. But yeah. based on what I've seen, I I could almost think that this the style of the movie and all that sort of stuff, I mean, we could be in a week or so time saying that he's the best Spider-Man so far on film. But hey, I'm, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. Well, you are, because the movie hasn't come out yet. True. <laughs> but I'm just trying to make a big call right now to be either very right or very wrong. Yeah, uh, and you're usually the latter, but exactly. let's hope not this time around. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the team thing goes, I think that makes sense. And it's funny because that's what they originally wanted to do with the Amazing Spider-Man series. I remember when they first announced that they were rebooting it, and they said, you know, we're, we're going to go back to him being a teenager and we want to do a trilogy of what it's like to be a kid with superpowers. And by The Amazing Spider-Man 2, they had ditched that and they did exactly what they did the first time around. Let's have them in college now. It's funny, I didn't even realize until I was in bed last night after we finished uh, recording the episode. Not last night, last week. Last week, <laughs> things Colin. Are, last week. These are done live to air here. <laughs> but, uh, it was only afterwards I realized that like, Peter's not in college in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. No. He just graduated high school at the beginning of the movie, so... And he doesn't have a job, so he's just sitting there loafing off of his aunt, who's putting herself <laughs> through school, and working, and supporting this kid. He oh. sold a couple of photos to the Bugle for 1961 yeah. wages. <laughs> exactly. Really pulling his weight there in the Parker household. Uh, but they wanted to make that a teen series, and maybe they didn't because... I, I can understand the reason they wouldn't because you're, you're you know you're going to kill Gwen Stacy, but not kill a 15 year old. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dennis Leary is no longer in Dennis the movie. Dennis Leary. <laughs> but with this time, I mean, we we have a teenager. We have him as 15 years old. This is what they want to do, and I don't know if I like that or don't like it. I, I would like to see them stretch it out and not age him so quickly. Like I kind of wish that. Uh, with either the Tobey Maguire or with the Andrew Garfields, that we would have gotten maybe two movies with him in high school and then had him graduate instead of everyone being like, first he's in high school, then he's in college, and now he's an adult. Uh, it would be nice, though, if we could do like the comics do, where, I mean, Tobey Maguire, not Tobey Maguire, 
Tobey Maguire is not a fictional character. He's a real person. He uh, is now, because we never <laughs> see him anymore. <laughs> but, but Peter Parker eventually did age, and he got a job, and he got married and all that. But and, we don't want uh, to see Grandpa Spidey. <laughs> no, we don't. But, but having 15-year-old Tom Holland means that they can make five of these movies over 10 years, and we'll be okay to see him graduate from college. True, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of... It, 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 it just goes back to the age-old thing when you get a like a high school TV show, you know, like something like The O.C. or something like that that generally gets shit as soon as they go to college, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's all about the high school drama because that's when all the drama is in life, right? So, um, I, I, think, I think that's what I think looks really good about this Spider-Man and all that sort of stuff is that, you know, again, he's, he's young, so he's so, you know, just very much like a teenager. And that's he's jumping of... up on the bed going, Mr. Stark's treating me like kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Aunt May's going, my baby, my baby. Because he's baby. like 12. Sorry, I just had to get that in here somewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it would be interesting to see how that goes. And I guess, I mean, there's already a planned sequel of this, isn't there? I, th- I think. Uh, they I mean, have it's Marvel, right? release date already. July 5th, 2019. Oh, wow. so so there's going to be another one in two years. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Poor, poor Tom Holland isn't getting to sleep anytime soon between this and the Avengers, which is coming out, what, oh. next year? And then he's doing another Spider-Man, so... Yeah, and is is that going to cause more overkill, too? I mean, we had Civil War 2016, Homecoming 2017, Avengers 2018, and then not only is there another Spider-Man 2019, but they're planning another Avengers movie 2019 as well. So it's like, we're going to get five... Tom Holland Spider-Man performances in, what's that, three, four years? Are we getting that then, though? I guess the argument would be with what you, Batman and Superman's are. I mean, how many Ben Afflecks are we getting in Batmans? And how many, uh, well, Henry Cavill's dead, so we're not going to see him in any more Superman movies. Yeah. Uh, or is he? Or is he? <laughs> Actually, no, sorry, Superman's dead. Henry Cavill isn't. If Henry Cavill has died uh, between us recording this, like, I'm yeah. sorry. I did well, it again. But <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Uh, well, I know, I, I think... This will kind of go back to what we said earlier about, you know, whether they're overusing some of these characters. And you mentioned, like, whether people love it or hate it. Uh, they made the right move by not rebooting the Batman series so quickly. And instead, they're like, we're going to feature Batman as, you know, a character in the Batman Superman movie. He's going to have a very small cameo in, you know, Suicide Squad. He's going to have a very small cameo in Wonder Woman. And then there's Justice League. And maybe a few years from now, we'll do a Batman. I think they're, they're planning the Batman, which... Is still looking like it's going to be 2019. And Ben Affleck's directing that, isn't he? Like, isn't he directing? Well, he stepped down from the directing, uh-huh. but he's still involved in writing it and producing it and everything, yeah. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it, yes, there's probably just as much, but as you kind of said, they're using them sparingly in these movies. And if Spider-Man ends up being, like, a main character in the Avengers, uh, at this point they have too many characters, they can't really have a main character. I, I'm just going to say it right now marvel needs to start killing some of these characters off this is uh not as much a spider-man homecoming thing but they have too many characters out there and it's just becoming too cluttered i mean the the uh, i think they said that the infinity war movie is going to feature something like 67 characters in it like everybody's gonna what (laughs) (laughs) sorry i had to throw that in there (laughs) Are we going to have, you know, about three minutes of screen time for everybody in the movie? And then do we have anything interesting there? I just don't know. It's, it, it, it might be too much in the end. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I think I agree with you because, I mean, God, I mean, how many more? You said before that they've, they've still got people they can introduce. Seriously, who else is there left to introduce? Is there like Turd Man and like <laughs> Couch Girl? And 
I'm just looking at things around my <laughs> room. Uh, TV person, <laughs> like I mean, like I, I love Stan Lee and Marvel, but like seriously, who else has he created out there that I've never heard of? Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's there's millions of characters, not millions, but there's like hundreds and thousands of characters. You know, they haven't all been major stars, but then again, neither were the Guardians of the Galaxy before it came out. There are opportunities to make some of them. They, they're definitely running on empty now as far as the major characters go if they don't get back Fantastic Four or X-Men. And even if at the same time, I know everybody out there is like, oh, it would be a dream crossover. If they did it right, but I don't want Marvel to get back Fantastic Four and X-Men because as I talked about in the last episode, uh, last week that we recorded, uh, <laughs> it's the competition is healthy. And on top of that, how cluttered is this universe going to be when now X-Men alone has as many characters as the Avengers, uh, this Marvel Universe has? How cluttered is it going to be if we have all these X-Men and all these Avengers and it's all one movie? Do it as a one-time crossover, fine. But like at some point, you're going to have to start killing these characters off or writing them out. And this is a complaint because I remember going back to after the first Avengers movie came out, they said, not all of these characters are going to live to see the Infinity War. Mm. Well, so far, they've killed off two characters. They killed off Quicksilver, who had about five minutes of screen time in his only movie. And they killed off another character in Civil War, which I don't know if you saw that moment or not. But yeah, tell me I didn't say it. But whatever. Yeah, the, the, but, but anyways, I won't spoil it in case anybody hasn't seen it. But they've killed off two characters and both were minor characters. They they need to step up and kill off somebody big, you know, like Gwen Stacy did. You know, look at how effective that was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm getting squeaky. I'm getting this is how we do an episode on a teen comedy, oh, like Spider Man Homecoming. That's Spider Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Like, I agree with you, and uh, this again, having coming from somebody who hasn't really seen many of them yet, I will. Don't worry. Like, um, they've got too many characters. I'm just done. But it's it's kind of interesting how you say about. I mean, obviously, with yeah, we talked about the X Men, but obviously, we forget about the Fantastic Four. So, are they the only ones that they don't have the rights to? Like, are there other ones like Daredevil? Is I mean, is he? Well, Daredevil, they got back. But really, what it comes down to is. Uh, whoever owns the rights, they have to go a significant amount of time before renewing their rights on it, which is what happened with Daredevil. You know, the studio that owned it said, ah, we don't really have anything to do with Daredevil, so they got it back. Uh, and what they're doing, I'm going to say, what Marvel's doing with their TV division is amazing. And that's something completely different. Like the Netflix series, it's R-rated Marvel. It's different. It's dark. It's gritty. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they, they there's the Fantastic Four, there's X-Men, but X-Men really covers a lot of ground because you yeah. get a lot of these characters like Deadpool that uh, were introduced maybe in X-Men, and for that reason, Fox has the right. So and I, I there, wouldn't there are see ma- someone like Deadpool working in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because no. Deadpool no, is his all. own entity in that R-rated, really, it's, like, adult And one. it's a satire. I mean, it's a parody of superhero movies. You can't have it exist in the same, you know, universe or yeah. anything. Which, I mean, but, but technically he does write. Like, if you want to be... Technical. In the X Men's, like, it, but what yeah, I mean in, is, like, so because X Men's technically Marvel. So what I'm saying, if you're reading the comic books, mm-hmm. and we're just taking all films oh, out yeah. of this, so if you're, if I'm yeah. reading a Spider Man comic book, technically Deadpool is in that universe. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't imagine Deadpool hanging out with Peter Parker. <laughs> like he'd take him to a strip club and like, let's get your Aunt May to actually get naked. Like I mean, that's kind of hey. what Deadpool would do. Blade is in the universe. That's even weird. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Han Solo is probably in there somewhere. Fucking <laughs> Woody and Buzz. 
do we have anything else to add that we saw in the trailers that we haven't touched on that was interesting to you? Uh, his friend, maybe the the awkward friend of That's Peter Parker. That's me. I'm his friend. That's you're the friend. <laughs> well, you're the, going, Can I try on the mask? The, the love interest is 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 she just a generic character or is she actually a character in the comic book? It, it's kind of confusing because they have a couple of characters that may or may not i don't think they've even announced who the love interest is there's apparently like two or three girls in this movie and i don't know which one it's going to be but that's the other thing is that these aren't major characters i don't know who any of these characters are maybe they're going to end up be they're going to reveal at the end it's like oh my real well look, looking at right here one of the characters names is michelle yeah that's what i'm well, looking at. i'm assuming he's at the main one zendaya yeah. or whatever her name is yeah yeah, I mean, there's not even a link to her character's name, and they've only given her a first name, which leads me to believe Michelle's going to be a nickname, and her real name is, oh, my real name is Mary Jane, I just yeah. go by Michelle, something, but they're probably going to end up doing that. But Kind of like the have, whole Money Penny, you know, uh, yeah, Skyfall exactly. thing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, I mean, at this point, other than Peter Parker and Aunt May and Vulture, this entire cast is made up of, if they are characters from the comic book, they're so insignificant. And that's probably another thing that's going to help, because we're not getting the same story told over again with the same characters. Does, uh, again, as somebody who reads comics, is there anyone outside of, like, when Gwen dies, he's got MJ, when MJ sleeps with half of New York, is there, like, a third backup option? For what was the... Well, the... there's Felicia. Felicia. Yeah. But who's Felicia the, um... Oh, the... Is, was... The one in the Tobey Maguire ones, the secretary at the oh, Daily yeah, Bugle. Oh, yeah, Betty Brandt. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I remember, I think I even mentioned it in that one, that it, it, I thought it would have been fun to use Betty Brandt because the interesting thing about Betty Brandt, if they can ever get to that point, is that she likes Peter Parker but hates Spider-Man, and that's something that would be interesting to play on. So, yeah, you do have a couple other characters you could use. You know, here's a, here's a really interesting thing, and you're going to laugh at me for bringing this up. I just realized in the cast of The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, not sorry, The Spider-Man Homecoming, Tyne Daly's in it, and as somebody who loves judging Amy, uh, <laughs> oh, Tyne Daly is more of a Aunt May than Marissa Tamai. <laughs> so, like, maybe there's going to be like a reveal. Like, I'm not really your aunt. I'm secretly your sexy neighbor. Here's your real Aunt May, Tyne Daly. Um, Don't laugh wow. at me for liking judging Amy. Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. We should probably end it there. <laughs> can we can we do a recap on uh, judging Amy? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll find you somebody to do that because I won't be there. <laughs> Anybody listening? Uh, send us an email. <laughs> the uh, the only the trailer moments I really want to talk about is um, the, the 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 really funny moment. I'm sure everybody has seen this at this point. It's been in every trailer where he's but you guys aren't the real Avengers. And that moment <laughs> reminded me so much of Andrew Garfield's. Like the Hulk's the one that gives it away. Uh, I like that there's going to be that uh, kind of smart mouth Spider Man still in this. Uh, you know he's he's having fun being a superhero. Yeah, uh, I agree. I I, also, I like the one in the trailer when he's in the car. And he's like, oh, that wasn't a hug. I was leaning over to open the door. Yeah. And he was like, oh, sorry, I read that wrong. <laughs> yeah. I like that yeah, one. Again, he's, he's your typical teenager. This may be the first time we've seen a teenager. We know it's the first time we've seen a teenager in a superhero movie that actually was played by a teenager. But it's also going to be the first time we've had a teenager that feels like a teenager. Because when all of us were teenagers, we said or did stupid things like that, you know? I still do, and I'm not a teenager anymore. <laughs> You're well past it and still giving other men hugs, not realizing that they're just opening the door I for you to leave. you. Didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably. I don't know. I'm not, say it was I'm, memorable. I'm a, Fuck you. I'm going to say, I am the world's... This is completely off topic. I am known as the world's worst hugger. Yeah, I, <laughs> My I, I, wife I remember. will say, uh, <laughs> can you move or something? Because if I'm either dead stiff or I'm moving like I'm dancing, I have no clue what I'm doing. Again, so the romance I'm, I'm, in the Hilding yeah, household. I'm, I am still... The awkward teenager as well. So we both identify with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I agree. 
So we got a week to go until this thing comes out. Um, we've talked about our expectations and everything. Uh, you're planning to see this, I'm assuming? No, <laughs> Please don't no. After talking about this all no, the time, no. I've decided I am I'm so sick of Spider-Man, so I'm done. Uh, no, I will be seeing it. Uh, I'll be seeing it slightly later than you probably because... Uh, the the day it comes out is a day that I will never have in my existence because I will be crossing the international date line and therefore the release date will never exist in my life. So I will be going forward into the future, avoiding that day. So I will eventually see it when I get home. But uh, yes, I will be seeing it to give you a long-winded answer. Yes, I, I will be seeing it as well. Um, otherwise, I wasted six weeks of my life here. But uh, just really quickly, uh, just just I just wanted to quickly go back to something we touched on. Really quickly, sorry to interrupt, but like we were talking before about Spider Man being one of those iconic ones that you would always know. I've just literally found yeah. an article from IGN. They did a top one hundred comic book characters of all time, and number one, Superman. Number two, Batman. Number three, Spider Man. So Batman. there you go. Is Wolverine four? Uh, I will tell you when I click this button right now. And number four <laughs> is Wolverine. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> Who's number guess. five? And Who's incredible. number five? Okay, hang Incredible on. Hulk. Uh, no, Wonder Woman. There you go. Oh Wonder yeah, well, I guess DC has three of the top five there. There you go. Done. This is an interesting article. Captain America <laughs> six. Uh, <laughs> and still no Incredible Hulk. Uh, Hal Jordan. That's Green Lantern, right? Green Lantern number oh, seven. Uh, Green Lantern, especially now, modern audiences love Green Lantern. I don't quite get it. Wally yeah. West, The Flash, number eight. So we're just Still going to, no Hulk. We'll go to the top ten. The Hulk is number nine. All right, there we go. And, and so hold on. Let me, let me take a guess on ten. Ten is going to be uh, Iron Man. No, Daredevil. Iron Man's, Daredevil. Only, Iron Man's 12. I saw, that's how I got to this article. So number 11 is Dick Grayson, who is Robin. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. There you go. Fucking Robin. Who likes Robin? And you notice, you notice who's <laughs> not in there? Um, a lot of people because there was only ten that I read. <laughs> Vulture. <laughs> well, these are, these are, are comic book heroes, not villains. Ah, okay. Yeah, anyway. anti-hero Vulture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The true hero. Jean Grey's thirteen. Uh, okay, I'm not going to throw all hundred of these. <laughs> <laughs> Who's number one hundred? Let's at least do number one hundred. Okay, number one hundred is uh, get off my screen. Best Buy ad. Uh, Gru. First appearance. Gru? Destroyer. Duck number one. Barbarians don't always have to be about bloodshed and wenches. Gru is a comedy fan's answer to Conan. Who the fuck is Gru? <laughs> is this DC or Marvel? I don't Gru think it's the either. I think it's Sergio Aragoni's signature creation. I don't think he's either. I think it's just... Oh, it, it says it was it was released by Marvel, but it wasn't their comic. Well, okay. Number 99 is Wasp. <laughs> if you f- is who? Wasp. Oh, the Wasp? Okay. Uh, another one that they've already used. Look at this. They have used the 99th most recognizable superhero already in the Marvel Universe. Who has really left? Yeah, a Gru, apparently. <laughs> I, I just want to say, uh, if you look up Gru the Wanderer on Wikipedia, uh, the second paragraph says, in 2011, IGN ranked Gru 100th in the top 100 comic book heroes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing of note. I, I'm, I'm just scrolling through these. I have no idea who half these people are. Supergirl is 94. So- oh, come on. I love Supergirl. Yeah. Anyway, maybe we'll do an All episode right. on this. Disgrace. Sexist. Let's do that. <laughs> yes. Uh, see, I'll be seeing the movie, and I'm going with my nephews, I believe. because they, oh, the they dumb ones. <laughs> the dumb nephews, yes. The thought Amazing Spider-Man was the greatest movie I've How ever seen. How old are your nephews? 
well, they range in age from, I think, now 8 to 13. You're very familiar with the ages of your uh, nephews. Cool. I have four nephews and one niece just from my sister. I can't keep track of them all. I barely remember their names. I, ha- I have one, so that, that helps me. Uh, I have only two siblings, and I have five nieces and four nephews. So. I have one sibling and two, well, a niece and a nephew. The niece is like the most boring baby in the world. It just sits down and does nothing. <laughs> And Link, my nephew, is kind of cool. So, yeah, that's... And are you going to see Spider-Man Homecoming with Link? No, because if I went with him and my sister didn't go, she'd kill me. Because she'd be like, oh, I'm uh. taking the thing, isn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be taking Baby Casper yet. Although he is enjoying, since he's teething and he's in pain, I'll kind of swing him around singing the Spider-Man theme to him. So I think his, his Spider-Man love is starting early here. Any, any people in Winnipeg just seeing a random man throwing his baby around? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> just pretending to be spider-man apparently uh but yeah i mean with with uh my nephews uh i think they they just asked me it's like please tell me you're going to see spider-man homecoming with us and i'm like if you guys are paying for yourself i'll take you (laughs) (laughs) because they often will be like let's go to this movie because what i do is for birthdays or christmas i'm like hey christmas kids want to go see force awakens want to go see rogue one so they kind of get in their head there if they're going to a movie i'm paying for them like no you pay for yourself kid (laughs) you're too dumb for me to pay for you They are stupid little kids. Oh, man, this part of it's so good. Shut up. I guarantee you, though, I will give you their reactions, and their reaction will probably be, this is the greatest movie ever made. You need to do it, like, as you were leaving, like, get, like, the audio recorder on your phone I'll or something. So we can submit it at the end of our, you know, similar to what Noah and I did when we went and saw Spectre. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll do that. Um, but we'll be back in uh, maybe a week, maybe a week and a half to talk about it. As soon as possible, we'll get you our reaction. Relating, to you're waiting for me, let's be honest. I mean, Exactly. <laughs> We're waiting on Ben to uh, uh, eventually Go home. change over from the 6th to the 8th of July. Yes. <laughs> I don't have the 7th, uh, so... That's all we have to say on Spider-Man for now. My son is waking up, so I'm going to start swinging him around the apartment. <laughs> Until next time and next homecoming, I am Colin, and my name is Gru. (laughs) And my name is Ben, and I was ranked 101 on IGN's greatest comic book superheroes of all time. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.